person when we... Well, your evening skies tonight will continue mostly fair. The humidity lower, so that'll help drop those temperatures once again to about the low 70s to the mid-70s most spots. A few spots could drop to the upper 60s. Throughout the day tomorrow, you'll have a lot of sunshine to return. It's a partly cloudy sky. Remote chance of a pop-up isolated thunderstorm. Mid-90s, feel like temperatures very near 100. Storms come back Thursday, Friday. Each day we go to the middle 90s. Ralph Sanjay, WGSO. So you think you can beat a train? Well, think again. Even at low speeds, trains can cause serious injuries or death. You must slow down and yield when you approach all railroad crossings. If a train is approaching, always stop behind the solid white line or at least 15 feet from the crossing. Never stop on the tracks. It's the law and it could save your life. Proceed only when the train has cleared the area and no other trains are approaching. Please be safe at all railroad crossings. And remember, never stop on the tracks. Hello there. This is the sunny voice of your local Tom Fitzmorris. Using the sharp sounds, taking local announcements, uh, local announcements, I'll say that again and uh, a little tack of the day and a few thoughts about this and that and uh, we do all of this with the help of uh, all of the guys and ladies who work with, with us at the beginning every part of the show every day like and, me hi and uh, mary lee is here too i mean i, I how could i skip, uh, go by there and not know i don't know but uh well uh it could be that the warmth out there is is pretty serious melting your brain it could have been. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, it's a food show. It's the food show. Hi That's there, true. everyone. Tom, it is almost your feast day today. If you were a saint, which you most certainly are. And not. all we need is a feast. <laughs> Tom, yes? it's National Oyster Day. Oyster Day. Oyster Day. This has got to be great. Ah, Tell me all about it. That's it. That's it? Yeah. That's Just it. one oyster? Well, no, no, it's Oyster Day, so oysters, you could talk for hours about oysters, couldn't you? Well, I could. Yeah. And I've heard a few people do it, but uh, okay, and I like it no matter how it's put to me, but uh, it's just one of the things I love. It's my favorite uh, thing to eat is actually oysters. Yes. Hand me some, would you please? Yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway, <laughs> today is Oyster Day. And mm -hmm. uh, that brings to mind all kinds of oysters. We were talking yesterday about the Mosca's oysters, which mm -hmm. I'm not as keen on as you are. Would you say that? Tell them what it is. The, well, it's, it's the Italian oyster. It's the it is garlic, the breadcrumbs, the herbs. You know, I think, I don't know why. I felt like there was some kind of sausage in there too. There was some kind of harder thing in there than an oyster when I tried it. Maybe there's an Italian sausage in it as well. It could be, and that would make a difference. It, it would. It, it would absolutely make sense there because they mm -hmm. do, you know, have very strong Italian roots. Maybe that's something that is common, but it's not usually seen in baked oyster dishes, but I could definitely see it there. I should mm -hmm. look up, look it up on the menu. Yeah, I'm not uh, trying to make a, just a big fro over this, but uh, there are a lot of uh, dishes that fit that description and they are, seem to be dominant in the food eating and cooking days. As it 
seems to be every time I open a menu or sometimes just see somebody on the other side of the... You mean char-grilled? Char-grilled or, or, or really almost anything. The, the sheer number of oysters lately has been way more than I remember at any time in my life. Well, I think we're just making a special effort to get you oysters. Well, that so, I, is something appreciated. But if you had to put together a list of your favorite baked oyster dishes... Mm-hmm. Baked oyster dishes. And if that happened, what would happen? Well, I'm just trying to think. I could oh. put together a list for you that I really like, but I'm curious to see if you would come up with the same list. So your favorite baked oyster dishes around town, like your top five. Mm-hmm. They're, they're That's pretty a question. widespread. That's uh, a question. Uh, every time we uh, get starting talking here, uh, we hear hamburgers. Uh, Who said anything point. about hamburgers? Nobody. <laughs> And, uh, but then well, maybe that, you want to talk about hamburgers, the, Tom, because you're the only one that said hamburgers. Then we start uh, hearing about the other things that we talk about a lot, and that's Italian food just in general. And I, really, I was thinking about that the other day, just how much of it we go through here. But, because and, people love Italian food because oh, it they, feeds your soul. I mean, it's if you had to say, like, we love Mexican food. Yeah, me too. Uh, our red beaner and I love Mexican food, and we we could eat it all the time. But it's not the soul satisfying, comforting food that a big pile of pasta is, mm -hmm. don't you think? Oh, uh, I mean sure. that's why Italian food is that's, first of all it tastes really good, yeah. uh, but it's it's it, it it goes right to your soul. It it gives you comfort right down, right down to your mm -hmm. toes, and the the bigger the pile of tomato sauce and baked oozing cheese with your festoons, as you like to say, that's that's the kind of eating that, you know, just makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's certainly true. And uh, we talk about a lot of that and then everything else, uh, the steaks, the hamburgers. Yeah, it's food Salads. show. That's why it's called the food show. Yesterday we talked about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which is something we talk about but not very often but it's certainly within the the spectrum of good eating well we'll get to it sooner or later uh may probably sooner but uh, there's another pretty important uh change that has happened. i always get nervous when i look at when i see tom looking at and, something uh, he's written and wonder what what's coming up next mm -hmm. what's coming up next tom what uh, is that? we went to a restaurant uh last night called austin no, no, that was yesterday. That was That's yesterday? yesterday's. We did yesterday's already. We had such a lengthy thing about Austin. It was way too long. You did have lunch, though, uh, a sandwich from the Fat Spoon. The Fat Spoon? How did you know we know went there? Uh, because I went and picked it up for you. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. huh. Well, thank you. The Fat Spoon Cafe, which is um, sort of a um, an underwhelming name for a place, but um, has worked obviously very well. They have three or four locations on the North mm -hmm. Shore. Tom has always been a fan of it. And so we went to have a, I tried to get you to go get a Ferdy from Bears, but you would have none of it. You wanted a roast beef from the Fat Spoon mm -hmm. or Martinez, which was a little far with the time that we had. So we, we settled on Fat Spoon and that's where it was. But it was, a, it was an odd sort of poor boy. Well, uh, 
Yeah, but uh, that's what those guys have been doing practically since the day well, they opened. Oh, it was a opened. debris, which is definitely the debris. They, they a, debris, a, a debris roast beef. The only other place that I know of a roast beef that's a debris is um, Parkway. Yeah, Parkway is Parkway is has a thick gravy debris. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with a debris mm -hmm. poor boy, but it's an unusual one. It's also hard to go wrong with a really great thin slice roast beef poor boy, which is what most people will give you. And I'd go more often there if it weren't for the fact that it's so popular. What, the Fat Spoon? No, uh, the... Parkway? Uh, Parkway. Yeah. Just the penetrating into the... It is. Um, it is. Get in. It is pretty Very intense. Difficult. They have been incredibly popular since their opening. Hugely. And they're reopening after Katrina. So um, so good for them. It's a It's an iconic place for sure. So back to the oysters, yeah. because if I had to Tell compile a list of your favorite ones, I would say they are these. Are these? No, not are these. Like, thank goodness. Are these oyster dishes. Mm -hmm. um, well, okay, so, the, so the, the fantasy one, which is no longer available, is the oysters ooh la la from the now sadly defunct la provence do you remember your oysters ooh la la phase mm. the one with the crab fat oh, in what it what a what a wonderful dish that you was. loved it i you, hope we you, get it at one about it for years and years and but, but i mean the place is no longer there it so it doesn't exist i mean you could maybe you could maybe appeal to cayman to put it back on the menu, but I think that would be doubtful. I think oysters ooh la la is simply a wonderful memory, and that's the way it's going to have to remain. Unless you want to make it yourself, it's you know kind of simple. Done. It's crab fat and oysters. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so I think you could do that. All right, so your top five oyster dishes that are baked. We've been working on a list of those. Well, we've been doing char grilled. So these are the baked ones. Yeah. Your baked oyster favorites, I would say, are the oyster pan roast at Pascal's Manali, mm -hmm. the aforementioned oysters Mosca at Mosca's, mm -hmm. the oysters Bienville at uh, Keith Young's Steakhouse. Mm, very much so. The oysters Pablo at Gallagher's. Boy, those are good. Mm -hmm. they're, they're very, very rich in butter and just plain old rich in love going it's there. Obscenely anyway. good. And the oysters Marcy at Hambone. Uh, who? When oysters Marcy, Marcy at Hambone. Hmm. The dark What's ones that, like? that are served on the, um, on the bed of... Wood shavings. It's a picture presentation. <laughs> mm. Oysters, Marcy, and Hambone. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. If you have favorite oyster dishes, it's National Oyster Day. Give us a call, 556-9696. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. 
If you haven't been to the Brick Oven Cafe in Kenner, you're overdue. This is not northern Italian gourmet food. It's a basic, soul-satisfying pasta with red sauce and cheese bubbling over. New York-style pizza with a perfect crust and the toppings you love. It has a fresh update and a new wine list with some exciting wines. Go have a heartwarming Italian meal with a delicious red wine. You deserve it. The Brick Oven Cafe, Williams Boulevard at Veterans Highway, 466-2097. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Des Almonds catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304-1469. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. Bistro Orleans is back, and uh, we went there last Thursday. It was very good. We had the boat, the boat. If you're looking for that seafood boat, where they hollow out the white bread loaf, you will find it there and very few other places. I can't even think of a single one, but they are back to say hello to Archie Siraj for us. A lot of good stuff on that menu though. It was really kind of hard to choose. And I have, and I have uh, gift cards, $50 Mm -hmm. gift cards from, uh, from Orleans Bistro. If you call us up five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six with something, Scintillating. Scintillating is so much fun. <laughs> before Every day before now, possible. I was just asking for something fascinating, but now I'm upping the ante. Something scintillating can get you a $50 gift card from Bistro Orleans. Anyway, 5569696. So, Tom, Oysters Marcy, Marcy? is a dark-colored mound of stuff on a baked oyster and i believe it's it comes two or maybe four to uh in order thank you and um and they're served on that unusual uh like a bunch of shavings which is (laughs) i've never seen that before but if you took some wood chips and uh and put them on a uh, pewter plate and then put them in the oven with oysters on them, that's what you would have. Actually, um, I probably would, but my attention has been grabbed and taken uh-huh. from uh, a, one of our finest <laughs> members of the, the family, the Fitzmaurice Tom is very excited to have Mary Lee and back. I'm always yes. accessed, uh, uh, excited. Uh-huh because uh, she's so uh, amazing in all the goodness uh-huh. of uh, things she puts into everything, this, whatever else she's got going on. Uh-huh. Always, always. Okay. All right. So uh, if you want to talk about oysters, yeah, we sure, can do. talk about oysters. But today is also allegedly National Mustard Day. Mustard Day. Yep, mustard. Are they the uh, yellowish kind or is it the bright yellow. Well, it could be, it could be anything, but it is from the little mustard seed. And I, um, used mustard just last night. I made a, uh, very sad little dinner 
for a you. Sad last little night. Dinner. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Don't get rid of. You know, there was this poor again. rotisserie chicken. It, I don't understand why chickens are not extinct. The gosh darn chicken sandwich and the rotisserie chicken that everyone in the world eats, including my pooch. Um, I picked up mm. a Creole rotisserie chicken, and man, that thing is almost plucked clean between the doggy streets, between uh, Mary Lee coming for a little snack after a hard day's work on her house. Um, and, and you and I, we had, we had dinner of a rotisserie chicken breast last night and a frisee salad with real French vinaigrette, which starts with shallots and has mustard. And we just happened to have some Dijon mustard in the refrigerator, which is an essential part of that recipe. It's a very simple recipe, but it's an essential part, and I, I used it. Unfortunately, I did make a big mistake, which is oh. instead yeah. of wine vinegar, I couldn't really tell if it was wine vinegar or not because it, it looked like sort of a German uh, label, and so, um, and I don't even know where it came from in the German. cleanup. <laughs> yeah, but uh, when I poured it, it was balsamic vinegar, which I, I have to say I don't really like. No? Well, there are certain no, things that you sweet. use it for, and some people can't imagine in their minds, what do I really need to use yeah. this for? And most people just would come down with not very much there, but... Uh, I think it, it's actually very well used. When it, you, it can be. I mean, when I see a balsamic vinaigrette um, or vinaigrette... Uh, sort of decorating the edges of a regular wedge salad, I think that that is unnecessary. Hmm. But, but I think that there is something to be said for balsamic vinaigrette, vinaigrette and um, like blue cheese or feta. Because I think the combination of those flavors is good. You know what it reminds me of? Tell me. The most, what I think, I'm sorry, I'm about to offend a whole swath of people. So wouldn't be the first I, time. I know it wouldn't be, so it's not going to be the last either. Um, but do you remember in the old days, and actually people, the ones that are going to be offended are the people who are still going to have that on their Thanksgiving table. Are we even having Thanksgiving this year? Um, Why wouldn't you? Because it's a gathering. Anyway, um, the block of Creole cream cheese with the pick a pepper sauce and the Ritz crackers. Remember that thing? Yeah. It was, it was on a lot of tables way back in the day until mm -hmm. we got a lot more sophisticated. If you're still using it, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just saying, um, it's boring. It's boring. So, uh, but it does kind of remind me of that when you have the, um, the balsamic has the sweetness to it, which is the role that the pick a pepper mm -hmm. plays in that. That's considered an appetizer, although yeah, I don't understand it. It's, but it's reduced down is what's happening there. Well, it's the, the pick a pepper, the pick a pepper, uh, the pick a pepper, because that, that provides the sweetness mm -hmm. to 
this that's exactly appetizer what thing too. where you just exactly. open it up, drop it on the thing, and, and squeeze, shake, pick a pepper on top. But um, but no, if you have balsamic and you have blue cheese, I get it. I understand why you would put those two flavors together. I think they complement each other very nicely. Anyway. Well, they make a, a It's my two cents. This is The Food Show joining us, and what we do here on The Food Show is to talk about eating, drinking, restaurants, cooking, wine. If you're waiting to see if we're going to talk about anything that you might be interested in, just uh, just go ahead and call us. Wait, wait, wait. They're not interested in pick a pepper? Pick a pepper, huh? Sure they are. <laughs> They're not interested in that. I don't even know. What is that appetizer called? What is that thing called that hmm? people have had on their tables for 50 years? The block of pick a pepper. This, this is in the same league. I'm probably going to offend another whole bunch of people. This is in the same league as the people who are doing um, the green bean casserole with mm -hmm. the turkey onions for Thanksgiving. No, I, I never like that because it's too turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's you know, one so time for Tom's birthday... Here. For Tom's birthday, Mary Lee and I gave him this gift. It didn't cost us anything. Actually, it was painful. But we laughed at all of his jokes all day long, like stupid hyenas. Everything he said, like that turkey joke, we would laugh hysterically. Mm -hmm. That was like your best gift ever, wasn't it, Tom? What? <laughs> we were on a cruise, too. We were on an eat club cruise, and people were laughing that we were doing that for Tom. It was hmm. it was a birthday on an eat club cruise, and we really played it up for you. I can't believe you don't remember that. Yeah, who could have guessed? Anyway, uh, if you are still doing the turkey onions and the um, green bean casserole, call us at Thanksgiving if we're having it, and I'll give you an upgrade to that that green bean casserole because we upgraded. Uh, ourselves in our family years ago and have never gone back. It's the most exquisite, and I can't take credit for it. It's my sister-in-law's recipe, but it's pretty darn good. And as far as the cream cheese thing goes, I mean, it's not bad. It's just, it's, it's you know, it's old-fashioned. Cream cheese. And there's what, a lot of cool what, stuff out what there. Was, uh, what was cream cheese used for? I'm, I'm your... talking about when you just put a slab of it on a plate and then you, you know, drop the pick of pepper and, you know, that was it. Mm -hmm. that, I think that's it. You just those two ingredients and um and Ritz crackers mm. you know i made do you like pick a pepper tom uh not especially because there are so many other kinds of tobacco tobacco excuse me well is it it's not yeah. really it's not really um spicy it's more sweet and oaky it's aged in barrels like tabasco isn't it because it has oaky? a yeah it has a tannin taste to it mm. Pick a pepper, I think, has a tannin taste to it. I've got some on the shelf. I'll let you taste it right now. Mm -hmm. But um, when I was doing, before pimento cheese, before I became obsessed with pimento cheese, for Mary Lee's second birthday, we had a cute little party for her, and it was like a dress-up tea. And I made tea sandwiches of white bread with, I didn't even know I was making pimento cheese, but I was. And cheddar cheese with cream cheese and pick a pepper in it. It was actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like I, the I, I like the pimento cheese recipe from um, Frank Stitt's book much better. That's a little tougher. That's very 
right in it's the good stuff who doesn't love pimento cheese i mean i'm sure there are people who don't like pimento cheese but but it's i think it's pretty yummy now, I've told this story before. After Steve was talking about the quote from Dick Brennan, I realized we tell the same stories over and over about when our, our daughter saw me making pimento cheese for Thanksgiving and I was eating it as fast as I made it. And she said, yes, but what are the guests going to eat? <laughs> and it was kind of dicey. Uh, she, did have to grab, she did have to grab the, uh, the spoon and the dish. We would have something to serve the guests. Five five six nine six nine six. If you have something scintillating, we're looking for scintillating now. Or even just kind of fun, you know. Yeah, Call us up, not boring. Talk to us. Yeah. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'll give you a fifty dollars gift card from Bistro Orleans. You know, this is uh, off in a corner. Get that seafood boat. Uh, and it probably uh, has an attraction, or maybe a maybe not. Go ahead. Disturbation or something. Um, we uh, you you to our program and every now and then you scratch your head and go what this her just little thing you say wait a minute it, it's all of this stuff they're keep they keep saying oh oh that came off uh -huh. and uh we have as of uh a, one or two or maybe three uh we have fixed all that stuff i don't know if you've noticed it uh. this thing equipment yeah that has been all but impossible uh, be careful, you're, 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 well, you see, <laughs> he saw this get up. We have so many wires. Tom has just inserted, if you hear us go off the air, his arm somehow through three wires. You got it out, Tom. That's Louisiana High School Athletic Association tells schools in a memo that high school football games will not begin until at least October 8th. And the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and the Louisiana Department of Education have partnered to provide a million masks for schools. State Education Superintendent Kate Brumley says that's enough to provide one reusable mask for every student and employee of a school. Also, we're supplying about 2,000 additional face coverings per school and additionally three digital thermometers. And the Colorado State Hurricane Forecast Team has once again upgraded its 2020 Atlantic hurricane season forecast to extremely active. The 2020 hurricane season's already produced nine named storms, and this latest forecast increases their projected storm total from 20 to 24. CSU researcher Jordan Jones says because it's going to be so active this year. Keep aware of the information coming from your national agencies, um, and that includes um, the National Hurricane Center and also from uh, your local emergency management agents. LRN. Are you a Louisiana small business? State Treasurer John Schroeder here. I believe small business is the backbone of Louisiana's economy. If you're struggling to stay afloat during this pandemic, the Louisiana Department of Treasury is here to help with the Main Street Recovery Grant Program. You are not alone and you can apply for this grant for your business today. You support our workforce, Louisiana, and we support you. The Louisiana Main Street Recovery Grant Program. Support when you need it. Apply now at louisianamainstreet.com.
The coronavirus has given scammers all new twists to steal our money or sensitive information, and AARP Louisiana is fighting back. Stay a step ahead of the crooks by learning how to spot and avoid scams at our AARP Fraud Watch Network Resource Center. Read the latest news and get tips on how to protect yourself. You can also sign up for regular email and text alerts. Be a fraud fighter. If you can spot a scam, you can stop a scam. Find out more at aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. The New Orleans Ice Cream Company offers a true taste of New Orleans in every bite. This is ultra-premium ice cream whose flavors are inspired by everything we love to eat in New Orleans. Twelve specialty flavors like Café Olay and Beignets, Bananas Foster, Creole Cream Cheese, Ponchatoula Strawberry, Coffee and Chicory, and Chocolate City. Remember that? Don't miss the Po' Boy Ice Cream Sandwich, New Orleans Ice Cream, at stores all around town. See all our products at NewOrleansIceCream.com. I remember the day when Someone at the radio station brought me a bottle of Cousin's salad dressing. It was made by a young couple in small batches, and it was delicious. I was proud to have them sponsor my show just as I am now, but the line has expanded since then to include an olive oil, an herb vinaigrette, fresh salsa, and blue cheese, as well as an original Creole tomato, a delicious dressing that also makes a great quick dip. Cousin's Salad Dressings, in the produce section at your favorite store, CousinsProducts.com. Parish Coffee is a small-batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to parish. Annadelle's Plantation is a stately bed and breakfast with beautiful grounds and two gorgeous rooms upstairs. It's a great getaway. The food here is that familiar Louisiana cooking inspired by Galatoire's with reasonable prices. A welcoming and cozy dining room and very special bar make this a hidden gem. Annadelle's Plantation, 71518 Chestnut Street, Covington, 985-809-7669. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Desalman's catfish and the seafood boat. Carnival Time Lounge has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304-1469. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180. 
with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now, this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010. I've loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Yes, oh, indeed. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it's funny that uh, Chef Ron's Gumbo Stop was just on because I was about to say that you never mix chicken and andouille and seafood gumbo, except at Chef Ron's Gumbo Stop, they do, and it's called the Mumbo Gumbo. The Mumbo Gumbo. Mumbo Gumbo, and people love it. Let's go to Steve. Steve, welcome to the food show. We have a very lively day today. Glad you're in it. Boy, I felt right at home when you said, whoever you are, we'll talk to you when we get back. (laughs) We're going to a break. Sounds like Steve's going to pick on me again. Go ahead. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Uh, I just wanted to tell y'all that I just had a great use of bread, one of my favorite uses of bread. And unfortunately, when you, uh, during this time of which we won't speak, when you go to the grocery <laughs> store, you get the kind of bread that they got. The nightmare that dare not speak its name. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so we got oat nut, which is okay. It's okay, Brent. But I put on that Skippy's crunchy peanut butter and Smucker's strawberry jam and made one of the all-time great sandwiches that's ever been invented. Mm. Is the person involved still with us? Yeah, you see, yes, he's on the phone. Oh, now, no, certainly wouldn't. Now, this, there are not many shows where you could go on about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and the bliss that it can be. Yeah, yeah. But you got to admit, well, I don't know if you like them, but I do. And as Tom is probably going to quote to us in just a minute. <laughs> I was just about, about to say it. <laughs> about Dick Brennan saying, yeah. you know why kids like peanut butter and jelly? Because it's good. That's it. There you and, go. That's it. And he's right. Dick, June, Dick, uh, uh, yeah, senior. we were both, uh, Steve and I Dick were Brennan, both thinking the same seven. thing. Thousands of other people who were thinking, here comes Tom about to quote Dick Brennan on, you know why everybody loves peanut butter and, and jelly sandwiches. And we saved the whole lot of time jump. by just going on and saying it. So, But it, it, it really is a great sandwich. Well, you know what, Steve? I have to tell you, I am enamored of your Saya's roast, be- roast beef. Fantastic. I'm I am. glad to hear it. I am. Thank you for turning like us on it. to that. Now, you know what I'm going to do? I've, I'm becoming obsessed with markets like that. Yeah. I am. Uh-huh. I, it's like I've... I, you talk about New Orleans, darling. I know. I know. 
Um, and, uh, and so now I'm going to really start in investigating these markets. And so um, now I'm going to go have a roast beef poor boy from the market to our house called Artigues in right. Abita Springs because that's where I found, and I hate to say it because I'm going to give it away, it's a competition. Uh -oh. <laughs> it's a competition out there for things that we need in this new world. But yeah. sometimes yeah. it's the little markets where you can make yeah. the score. Uh, yeah. Try some of their others, though, at, at Sias. Their shrimp is a now, I can't do any more fried seafood. I'm up to my eyeballs okay. in fried then seafood. Try their hot sausage. It's very good. Their ham Tom, and cheese. Tom, a hot sausage. Oh, boy. Now, Tom loves hot sausage. It's an excellent ham and cheese sandwich, I think. Ham and cheese, okay. poor boy. Uh, okay. You then, know what I was going to do? I was going to take Tom today to get out of the house. Slap me. I was going to take him. Why don't you just sneak him out the door and lock it? I was going to take him over to the fat boy pizza truck, which is. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not fat. <laughs> oh, no. You're so far from fat, Tom. We need, to, we need to stuff you with a bunch of those fat boy pizzas. But um, where is that? Fat boy pizza. Oh, my gosh. It's so appropriately named. It's on road. I am not recommending it. It's an ordinary pizza, but you gotta oh, okay. you gotta love the fat boy pizza thing. But it, now they're coming to the North Shore, and it, talk about from the sublime to the ridiculous. The place that was Pardo's, the place that was oh, the gorgeous, God. wonderful <laughs> flagship Pardo's, has now been rented to Fat Boy Pizza. And to get everyone's appetite wet for Fat Boy Pizza, oh, they're pulling up their Fat Boy truck. And I was gonna make Tom go have some pizza, but they're not there until the weekend so well we, we went, got we, we went to reginelli's and got a pizza yeah. saturday and yeah it's pretty good pizza yeah it's good you know it's a good pizza i think it's neely's is really good I, I, that's my new favorite over here at neely's. neely's all right okay. we are going to move on to someone i don't know who it is bye steve we have a bye. clock that's giving us the right right time so it must be time okay yeah all right michael 75 we have much hey, to cover in the next How are you? Great. My two subjects today are bread and octopus. Oh, my goodness. Okay. 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 Which the first? First subject, first subject, bread, when you talked about it, it reminded me of my, my wife and I's uh, wedding 50 years ago, where we had an opera singer, and he, he sang this song. Uh, I love the Maple Street Cafe. It always happens when you least expect it and when you least want it. But uh, here it is. You always come back. At least that's what we have always done, Marianne and me. Hi there. Hi. Do you remember that show, uh, that movie Shrek? Shrek, When they I do. meet up with the ogre and he goes, we just did this. Didn't we just do this? I just heard that music about 15 or 20 minutes ago. We're back, folks. Um, who knows? What can you say? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about um, mustard, I think. Actually, mustard. we got off. We got way off on pick a exactly. pepper and then pimento cheese. Okay. Who is it, Ron? Sal. Okay. Hi, Sal. Hi, how y'all doing? Well, we're better now that we're back on. Excellent. 
I was on hold for a while, and then they told me to call back. Okay, but, uh, well, I'm glad you're calling. Thank you. I don't want to talk about mustard because then Tom's going to probably bring up sardines. But <laughs> I do want to talk about uh, a little jab here, just a little humor. But um, I do want to talk about when you said oysters, Marcy. It just brought back the most incredible oyster memory I've ever had. And it's a shame that it took so long because this is like a culmination of so many of the best baked oyster dishes like the Enville and uh, Rockefeller all put together because it's got the cheese, it's got the the green, it's got the bacon. It's just wonderful. Are you talking about Marcy? You talking about Marcy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was it created at Hambone or, or is it their version of something that was No, I think it's their creation. It's named after it's his great. wife, Marcy. So, um, right. But that, that food in general is totally sublime. It's incredible. Their food yeah. is wonderful. Even, is. Their, even their basic things that you wouldn't normally think yeah. of as gourmet, you take a yeah. bite out of a cheeseburger or a piece of fried chicken, and it's like, whoa, I've never had a burger like this before. Yeah. So I, have I you, had that, sh- have you had that shrimp? Um, it's, a, it's a wedge. It's a shrimp salad. Have you ever had that? I've not. not. It's got that same thing going on where it's got a few different kinds of oils and sauces and they are spread around the plate and you go, well, I don't, I don't need all this stuff here. And then you taste it and you get knocked off your chair because it, it just blends in some, some otherworldly place. It's crazy good. I missed that place. I, I haven't been since, of course, the shutdown, but we've been cooking a lot at home, and we did a major seafood feast over the past couple weekends with oh, good. friends from, from out of town. We went to Mandeville Seafood, and one weekend... Another incredible place. ...a yeah. birthday, and we did redfish on the half shell topped with jumbo lump crab meat, seared Ooh. scallops, and broiled lobster tails, and it was just phenomenal. Oh, and then wow. Wow. We did the now that is a prime seafood source. Prime prime. It is. Unfortunately, you know, we went this past weekend, they were out of redfish, they were out of speckled trout, and we got the drum. And my wife, I like I like it on the half shell in the broiler, but um she likes it done in a manier style, lightly dusted with in fried in butter and then topped with a lemon caper sauce. And I did the drum, and you really couldn't tell the difference between right. That, right? That's, it was you've noticed that too, Tom. The 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 uh, the step in for redfish is always drum, and it works beautifully. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that that uh, that is really great. something. Uh, the remfish, remfish, redfish, redfish rather, and the other one is it's just it, there's not apparently that big a difference. What's the difference in black no, drum and drum drum? Well, is, black is, drum, is there a difference? Red, I mean. Red drum is just another name for redfish. The redfish ah, okay. is a okay. drum fish. And okay. uh, there's just various varieties uh-huh. of the same species. But, um, you know, the other topic that y'all were talking about is the pick a pepper sauce. And, uh-huh. you know, before 12 or 15, no, about, about 20 years ago, before 20 years ago, the only thing I'd ever seen it used for was on the block of cream cheese and yeah, party right. with, tr- with Triscuits. And, I th- and a friend of mine who is a big 
fisherman and he's a big game hunter and stuff like that and loves to cook. He said, you know what? He goes, I'm going to tell you my, my brisket recipe. And he said, you take a brisket, you season it down with whatever you like it seasoned with, salt, pepper, uh, Creole seasoning, whatever. He said, but then uh-huh. you take a bunch of onions and you slice them thin, 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 thin. Then you take okay. a bottle of pick a pepper sauce and you rub uh-huh. it all over the brisket. You okay. pile all of these thin sliced onions around it to where you could barely see the meat. Then you wrap it in foil and you put it on a charcoal grill for about seven to 10 hours. And let me tell you, that is the best brisket. And it's not barbecue. It's not baked. It's not sm- it, it does come out smoky. But you were right. It's not a spicy condiment. It's more savory, oaky, and uh, yeah, it's oaky. Sweet. It's very oaky. Mm-hmm. But when you blend it with the onions and the brisket, it's just out of this world. It really is. Okay, really Sal. I'm a, what that? you what you have just said is scintillating. So really? I'm going to give you. A $50 gift card to Bistro Orleans. Do you ever go across the lake? I was there yesterday meeting a friend. Oh. Uh, I'm going to Lafayette, and they wanted me to bring something to their son who's in college there. But, yeah, I go I go quite a bit. Okay. Well, would you like to go to Bistro Orleans? We were going, we'll give you a $50 gift card, and you can, you can go to. through the trauma of going through the menu and trying to decide if you want the delicious sounding creamy crab sauce or the seafood boat or the char grilled oysters or any of the things that fight with each other to get your attention and you want to get love, you want to get we it. We love Bistro Orleans. We went okay. there. All right. Not long ago. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to let you go back off the air, and Henry's going to get your email. I think, you know what? I think you may have sent us an email. Just, you, you know what? Oh, Send me an email. I know who you no. are. <laughs> yeah. You. Forget it. Let's. Yeah, we won't have Henry do it. Just send me an email saying, hey, uh, I got the scintillating Bistro Orleans card for today, and I'll send it to you, okay? Sounds great. Thank you. I need so your address, and then I will send it to you. Okay, well, we're in the process of moving. Will it be within the next three weeks? Yeah, even even I will get it to you within the next three weeks. And we're just moving across the neighborhood. We're, we're oh. <laughs> not even moving that far. Okay. Okay. Thanks, no, I'll Marianne. put it in the mail today because I got another one I have to do. So I'll I'll do right. both of them. And uh, and I'm going to an use that brisket recipe because that sounds really good. Really I'll, good. I'll include. It's like the second most interesting that? thing. It's the second most interesting thing that I uh, have heard on this show uh, after the pork rind crust. I'm going to do that. Are you talking about crackling crumbs where you use it as part of a batter? Yes. Did you hear hear a while ago um, the guy from the um, Southern, Southern Batch, a small batch Southern something or another? Uh, pork not, I didn't hear it from him, but I've but I've had uh, crackling crusted it's, various fried items before, and it was just incredible. It is. I mean, it it moisturizes the meat. Yeah. It's the perfect doneness, 
and it's got the crust like it's fried, but it's not fried. I mean, I was just blown away by that, as I am by your pick a pepper brisket. So I'm going to try. It's it. real. It's really well. You know, having lived in Lafayette for about 30 years, you you get a a, a barrage of different crackling recipes and variations bet, of how, yeah. how they do it. Well, thanks bet, again, yeah. y'all. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll uh, definitely. My wife will be excited about Bistro Orleans. Thanks okay, again. I'll send, be emailing. Send me the address. Okay. Hello, Take dear. care. Thank you, Sal. Well, that was our scintillating call for the day. Unless you think you can top it, we also have other stuff to give away. So five five six nine six nine six is the number. I'm gonna have this big grab bag. That's my new goal, to have a big grab bag of stuff. And when someone <laughs> calls with something really interesting like that, I will give you something from the grab bag. We will give you a choice of things. Back to what we were talking about. We got way off the topic. We were talking about Dijon mustard and mustard in general because um, I actually like the, the dried mustard. You do? I use yeah, it the all the time for a, a bunch of things. Uh, every whenever year uh, we put on the the uh, the on uh, on uh, <laughs> it, this is going to come out in just a second. The uh, ham, the ham, the ham. Yes, thank you. Yes, and uh, I use uh, some uh, the cloves, the mustard, the right in there. Um, the, and it, it adds something to it. The extra. whatever is in a jar in the refrigerator <clears throat> whenever someone gives you something or in the last case we purchased actually we didn't purchase it came in the room at the goring could have been that that it was right there that well, apricot jelly that we um we got on that same trip that we were talking about yesterday the smith and walensky orient express trip uh and we've had it for coming up on this will be our second mm. thanksgiving um, and you just take whatever's in the refrigerator. You had a fig exact. one once that you put in that same um, glaze for your ham. But but one of the things that you coat the ham with is the brown sugar and the Coleman's dry mustard, right? And then you put the glaze on top of that, right? That's the way you do the ham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, just you got you can't go crazy with it. It's very tempted, tempting to throw all kinds of stuff. Uh -huh. in. A little at a time, see how that takes, oh. and then try it again. <laughs> but you don't like that idea? No, I did the ham last year, and I dumped it all together, and I just oh, kind of grabbed the so handful, slathered it on. Uh, no, it came I out great. It was super, right. super crusty dark. It was like a shell. It was really good. Anyway, the uh, Henry will have to will have to send you the or or tell you about the um, the root beer glazed ham that Tom is famous for. Oh, That's goodness. a great Thanksgiving thing. If I say so myself. It is, it is an absolute showstopper. Yes. Sounds fantastic. For Thanksgiving. Where's, where's my... Uh, anyway, do we have a caller, Henry? Do we have another caller? Uh, I think we have somebody on hold. I'm no, not we sure. Do not. No, he was just talking about no? the, he was oh. just talking about Thanksgiving. All right, so back to National Mustard Day. Um, you have, of course, uh, something written in here about mustard. So you say you're all for mustard. You don't think you use it nearly enough. Here in New Orleans, we're lucky enough to have a homegrown, unique variety of mustard that gives many of our Remolade. dishes a distinct More flavor. More than anything else. Remoulade, yep. In all its different colors and recipes, includes a good bit of Creole mustard. Mustard is made from the seeds of a member of the cabbage family native to Europe. The seeds contain a good deal of oil, so when they're crushed, they become a paste. 
When water is added, a sulfuric chemical in the seeds transforms it into a sharply flavored compound that gives mustard its bite. It fades away unless something acidic, vinegar usually, is added. Because it's common, mustard has been used to flavor food in Europe since ancient times. Mustard seeds come in many colors, but yellow is not one of them. The yellow color is prepared in prepared mustards, and Coleman's dried mustard powder comes from the addition of turmeric. The plant that grows mustard seeds is also eaten as greens. But that's another flavor, another matter for another day. Hmm. I'm going to make that an edible dictionary. That's a... That's, well, that's a an edutable. fascinating piece of information, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like uh, Creole mustard. I like Creole mustard in... Um, Almost everything. Yes, I mean, but it, I really in, like it... We use it in New Orleans more than just about anybody. It's good stuff. I like it as part of a um, shrimp uh, remoulade, a white remoulade. I like it mm-hmm. as part of coleslaw. Your coleslaw recipe is also one of my favorites ever, and I am a coleslaw fanatic, um, and I really like yours. It has a lot of Creole mustard in it. Yeah, it's easy some, enough. It's not yeah, expensive. It's uh, good. It works really well. It's uh, really, really good. Uh, yeah. For somebody who started out in grade school, yes, St. Lawrence, where the coleslaw was depressing, <laughs> wait, wait, a depressing wait a minute. In the school how cafeteria. Could, how could Mark is going to call saying he really liked the coleslaw. But I remember the coleslaw was a really almost scary thing in that little salad slot on the plate whenever I did eat in the school cafeteria and you eat their food. Most of the time I was sitting on the sidelines with my sad little brown bag sandwich. But that's another story for another day. But, um, the coleslaw was this, you know, there's like minuscule little chopped squares of vegetables, and I, I didn't like it. But um, now you turn me on to the possibilities of coleslaw, Tom, and coleslaw that is, that is sliced very fine and still has kind of big pieces to it with a great dressing is a wonderful thing indeed. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to set it in concrete. You know, this is something you can play around with. I'm thinking about the wonderful meal that's formulating in my head with the brisket with the pip- pick of pepper and a really good coleslaw. And I maybe will try beans again. Oh, oh, Stan. Yes, Stan, who is not on today. I'm so sad Ooh. about that. Stan? Stan is not going to be on oh, with us today. Yeah. He is en route to, he would actually be on right uh, right now, coming up in the next few minutes, but he is en route to the Wyoming State Fair, where he is oh. going to dazzle them with his two entries as, uh, as the, to continue the legacy of Trinas mm-hmm. in Wyoming. One of them is a peach butter, the other some kind of specialty cherry. But anyway, that's where he is. He is en route, so he can't talk to us today, but he's going to be calling us from the State Fair next week. And how did I get on that? I'm trying Sounds to Sounds good to me. I'm trying to think about that. So, Stan, I don't know how I got on that. But anyway, oh, we were well. talking about 
coleslaw and such things. You'll see them. See them. Some I'm sure. Other time. I'm sure. I'll, I'll figure out what we were talking about. Anyway, five five six nine six nine six is the number. We do have another guest though. We do have yeah. one of the kitchen queens of New Orleans, and uh, we could probably talk to her about pick a pepper because her name is Christina De Campo Carmo. I think it's Carmo. Yeah, because they own a restaurant in the warehouse district called Carmo's, she and her husband. And she is part of that Channel 12 series of women chefs in New Orleans, the Kitchen Queens of New Orleans. And her segment airs this week. So every week we have one of them on to talk about their segment. And she is going to be on at 3.30 today. And we're going to be talking about, I don't know, her, her entry uh, not her entry, but her uh, the, the dish. But we might also talk to her about pick a pepper, which originates down there in the Caribbean. Mm, so well, we do nice. have half an hour left, though, if you would like to call up and talk about whatever it is that we are talking about, because we don't even fun. know what we're talking about. We uh, we just go through, you know, many twists and turns on this show, and we'll be back right after the I'll top say. of the hour news. Okay. Good night. The best place for cutting-edge news and talk about southeastern Louisiana is the John Mason Show. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM, broadcasting live from the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. It is very credible that we will have the high tens of millions of doses of FDA gold standard vaccine by the end of this year and many hundreds of millions of doses of vaccine by the beginning of next year. Azar's comments on Fox News there. This as the federal government says they've reached a deal with Johnson & Johnson for 100 million doses of a coronavirus vaccine. Vice President Mike Pence in Tampa, Florida kicking off a national tour aimed at reinforcing support for President Trump among evangelical voters. The man who is the most pro-life president in American history. I bring greetings from the 45th president of the United States, President Donald Trump. This is USA Radio News. Today, many of us are paying attention to our health, and what we eat plays an important role. But so often, the water we drink is a mere afterthought when it should be a primary part of our daily nutrition. Real Water would like to change how you think about the water you drink and how it can play an important role in helping your body restore balance and reach its full potential. The key benefits of every bottle of Real Water are stabilized negative ions, balanced pH, detoxification, and it hydrates you like never before. And yes, it tastes great. Real Water is beyond alkalinity, and due to its proprietary process called E2 Technology, it's the only drinking water on the market that can maintain a stable negative ionization, which means real science in every bottle. Order your real water today and take advantage of special pricing for this audience only by calling 1-855-REALWTR or visiting buyrealwaternow.com. That's 1-855-REALWTR or buyrealwaternow.com. Order now. 1-855-REALWTR or buyrealwaternow.com. USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes has the latest on efforts to pass another coronavirus relief bill. They're all suggesting a deal could finally be struck by late this week, but the partisan divide is evident. As the Senate's top Democrat, New York's Chuck Schumer, says the GOP proposal doesn't give American workers what they deserve, so their party will be sticking to its demands. Until we achieve the caliber the extent, the depth and breadth of legislation that the American people need, deserve, and want. While top Senate Republican Mitch McConnell says, while there has been some progress in recent days towards a deal... While Americans are struggling, the Democratic leaders have moved about one inch 
in eight days. A new Gallup poll released on Wednesday found that 61% of black Americans want police presence to remain the same. The poll found that 67% of Americans want a police presence, including 71% of white Americans. This is USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. As Hollywood looks to get back on its feet, many movie executives are wondering what some of the administration's tough talk regarding China will do to their relationship with China. Studios have been looking for a greater box office share in China, which right now sits at around 25%, compared to about 50% as it is in other nations. What many people don't know, though, is some of the demands that the Chinese Communist Party puts on these movie makers to get a movie into China so it can be seen in that market. I had a chance to catch up with Chris Fenton. He's an entertainment industry veteran and author of the book Feeding the Dragon. He shares some of the hoops movies have to go through to be played in China. We've been pandering and doing things that aren't America first in regards to principles. And- well, your evening skies tonight will continue mostly fair. The humidity lower, so that'll help drop those temperatures once again to about the low 70s to the mid-70s most spots. Few spots could drop to the upper 60s. Throughout the day tomorrow, you'll have a lot of sunshine to return. It's a partly cloudy sky. Remote chance of a pop-up isolated thunderstorm. Mid-90s, feel like temperatures very near 100. Storms come back Thursday, Friday. Each day we go to the middle 90s. Ralph Sanjay, WGSO. So you think you can beat a train? Well, think again. Even at low speeds, trains can cause serious injuries or death. You must slow down and yield when you approach all railroad crossings. If a train is approaching, always stop behind the solid white line or at least 15 feet from the crossing. Never stop on the tracks. It's the law and it could save your life. Proceed only when the train has cleared the area and no other trains are approaching. Please be safe at all railroad crossings. And remember, never stop on the tracks. Welcome back, it's the Food Show. It uh, was a little bit uh, on the shaky side there for a minute, but it's gone. And now here we are uh, talking and listening. Here we are. Uh, about food, about the restaurants, about cooking, and anything that's on your life uh, that you think would somehow get somewhere in our little thing that we've been putting out every day for how many years? A long enough. Long 32. Long and, um, oh, I've been talking about me. I was talking about the whole event. Here. You, 32, oh. us, 15 months. Anyway, it's great to be here again and again, even though we had a little off piece of equipment for two minutes or so. Uh, we're back again, and we'd love to see you or hear you. Two, six, whoops, I do that every day. You could just every. leave it to me. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. Six, 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 nine, nope, nine, nope. Five, five, six, nine, five, five, six, nine, six. six. That is the number to call. If you have something, I won't say scintillating because it's going to be hard to top Sal, but I would love to give away stuff because we have stuff to give away. So if you have something interesting to say, 
please give us a call. Tom, your deaf dining rule is number 261. If the mustard in a restaurant brings to the table, if the mustard a restaurant brings to the table is coarse ground brown stuff in a little dish as opposed to yellow stuff in a plastic squeeze bottle, you're in the right place to eat sausage. <gasps> oh, is that the truth? Sausage we is one of my favorite things. Yes. Anyway, a uh, little shameless plug here for one of our clients, Double D Sausage is pretty darn good stuff. I love their jalapeno cheddar. I'm going to put that on my next cheddar. sausage platter. Yes, I like to serve, uh, also at Thanksgiving, a, um, a platter of different kinds of sausages with some coarse mustard. People seem to like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there was the year I tried tang. to do meat it's, pies, it's, which it's was kind of product. a disaster. Actually, they weren't, they weren't that bad. Maybe I'll try that again and use the Sloppy Joe recipe sloppy that I've become Joe. very fond of. Yes, one day I decided, early in COVID world, I decided to make Sloppy Joes. And I just sort of wung it or winged it. And it was good. Mm -hmm. It was really, really good. And uh, I might when try that. This? Like maybe May, yeah, a while ago I did it, and uh, I thought it was really, really good. I mean, like, really good. And I, uh, I had a little ketchup in it. I know you are vehemently opposed to that, but I think the sloppy Joe recipe needs a little ketchup in it. So I made it, and I might use that sloppy Joe stuff to put inside a crust and make meat pies. Aren't meat pies some of the most divine things in the world? I love little mini meat pies. You do? I what, do. What's in them? Meat. Meat. How big are they? I don't meat think in I've a seen pie. Those. Hence the name meat are pies. Are these like cubic pies? Yeah, no, 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 no. You know, uh, like Mrs. Wheat's, Mrs. Wheat's pies. Mm-hmm. With the ground meat. I think she also has. A, I think they also have a crawfish one. Anyway, Mrs. Wheat's pies are yummy, yummy stuff. Mrs. Wheat's. I don't, I'm, yeah, little hand yeah. pies, but uh -huh. they're savory hand pies. Yeah. I love all kinds of savory hand pies, Have actually. Been, has this been rolling for a while? Cause the last Mrs. Wheats? Do you remember when she even had that, when they even had that um, that drive through place on Veterans where you had mm -hmm. the Mrs. Wheats pies Mrs. Wheats, yeah. and those curly fries? Do you remember those curly fries? I do. Fries? Oh, yeah, they were those very were popular. so good. I used to really push them hard at the jazz festival, and for that I could never go over there and uh, be given everything. If I remember correctly, those curly fries, which you see very, very rarely, which is too bad because they're fun, but the curly fries were battered, which is kind of not my thing. But I forgave him for that because they were good. But the Mrs. Sweets pies are hard to beat. But I, I do, I think I'm going to try that now that I'm thinking about it. What? Make some, take that uh, <clears throat> sloppy Joe stuff and put it inside a crust and make meat pies. I've done it before. It's been good. It's been really good. Five five six nine six nine six is the number on this date in 1990. A hundred layer cake was baked and assembled that measured 12, 1,214 inches high. It was the showpiece of the Shiawassee County Fair in Corona, Michigan, where they must have a lot of time on their hands. A rumor that the purchase of all the candles needed to top it 
cause the price of birthday candles to spiral uncontrollably has not been confirmed. Near as you can tell, the record is still that for the world's highest cake. <clears throat> the world's lowest cake, Tom? The world's lowest? Lowest cake, yes. Cake. I was looking through some I mean, old pictures, little no, no, family, you know, some old family pictures of ours, and um, and I remember this picture, and I kind of wish I have this book called the Susie Homemaker Chronicles, and we were looking for a picture you, for that book. Have you seen that book? Uh, yeah, uh -huh. you know and who, that's who did it. Don't me, you? yeah, and that picture I was looking for, and I don't know that we ever used that picture in it, but it was a picture of um, of a sad little cake baked by our six-year-old daughter before she became the baker queen extraordinaire, and um, it was it was round and it was her favorite color blue, but it was sunken in the middle, and I think that's maybe the lowest birthday cake that I've mm. ever seen. It was it was sad. It's sad. funny that we we're talking about a high birthday cake because I just saw that picture yesterday. As a matter of fact, five five six nine six nine six. It's Independence Day in Burkina Faso, a former French colony previously called Upper Volta. It's a landlocked nation just south of the Sahara Desert. The French influence on the food is evident, but for most part of the diet, the average Birkenob is grain-based rice, wheat, and millet. They eat gumbo, their version being a stew made from okra. An unusual staple food is nere seeds eaten at most meals, usually fermented and rolled into dark brown, nutty-tasting balls. What is that, Tom? Nere seeds. Narrates them? N-E-R-E, nere seeds. Nere. I can't uh, say nere. I've never heard of that. Um, I what guess the it? French, you know how, you know how um, Moroccan, Moroccan people, you know how there are two kinds of, of Jews in of the range. world. There are Moroccan Jews mm -hmm. and Ashkenazi Jews. And I don't know why someone would have to explain this to me, but the the composition of the Latter-day Israel is made up of those two groups of people. And for some reason, there's also a tremendous amount of um, Moroccan French people. So I guess it's because there was mm -hmm. a French colony back then. I don't know. Well, it's, it's more about uh, the people you just mentioned uh -huh. uh, who are in... Uh, Jewish people, you mean? The yeah. Jews? Uh -huh. uh, in and in, yeah. in the uh, across the Atlantic, Morocco. The, it's it's the, really the big. There, yeah. it's there's a there, <clears throat> there are Moroccan Jews, and they have one kind of food, and then there's the Ashkenazi Jews, and they have another kind of food, a much lesser interesting and, food. And most of the uh, Jewish uh, people who uh, are looking around for where they're coming uh -huh. from and where they're going, <clears throat> uh, it is uh, captured, I think, in the in Kind of the middle part of Europe in yeah, general, uh -huh. and uh, even though it's not the one of the big two, you know, it's just uh, there's a there's a um, a global, a glamorous global Israeli cuisine now that's being exported around the world, and I yeah. don't know if it's Ashkenazi based 
or Moroccan-based. That would be my guess, but, but I'm not, I don't know enough to... Yeah, but be. Israel is made up of people from those two groups, usually. So mm -hmm. it, it would be interesting to see how the food that is this exciting global cuisine out of Israel, which, which group it comes from. That'd be kind of an interesting mm -hmm. thing to... If anybody knows, well, give us a call. We, could, we should ask the guy at um, Dory's Metropolitan, because he would know the answer to that. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you would like to talk to us, we are just chattering, as I said, about food. Nothing much yeah. to say, just a whole bunch of things tied together by food. We talked a little bit about National Oyster Day. If you have oysters to talk about, please That's today, give us a call. It? That's your favorite thing in the whole world, Tom. Oysters. It is. Yeah. We'll talk some more when we come back. Give us a call. Annadell's Plantation is a stately bed and breakfast with beautiful grounds and two gorgeous rooms upstairs. It's a great getaway. The food here is that familiar Louisiana cooking inspired by Galatoire's with reasonable prices. A welcoming and cozy dining room and very special bar make this a hidden gem. Annadell's Plantation, 71518 Chestnut Street, Covington, 985-809-7669. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Bistro Orleans, it's back with its familiar classic New Orleans cuisine in a casual setting serving only Louisiana oysters and always wild-caught Des Almonds catfish. And the seafood boat, Carnival Time Lounge, has happy hour Wednesday through Friday. Bistro Orleans is open daily for lunch at 11, dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Bistro Orleans, 3216 West Esplanade in Metairie, 304-1469. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> true, true, true. You will not dance with me, that's for sure. Alan is on the phone to explain more about Jewish food and culture, and we always love to hear from him. Hey, Alan. You know, I, I think you, you love to hear from me because we all get a chance to listen to Louis Armstrong. <laughs> no, Alan, we love to hear from you because you almost always say something scintillating, thereby... Uh, disqualifying you from prizes, all of the fact that you don't live here. <laughs> I know. I don't qualify for you. I like the fact that God, can people hear the music that you're putting out there? Yes. The, yes. Um, the yes. Dance stuff? Yes. Well, good. Thank you for that. Tom, Tom that's my theme. Yes. Tom, that's my theme song. Do you know what it what it means to miss New Orleans? Because I, I miss yeah. New Orleans a lot. I think about New Orleans every day. And the talk of oh. pickup pepper. Uh, now, let me get this straight. You are talking about pickup pepper sauce, right? The little bottle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we are. You know, who turned me pick on to that? Pickup is one thing, and 
Tabasco well, sauce. Well, pick a paco. We don't even know what that is, but pick oh. a pepper is what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I've never heard of the of that combined the cream cheese on uh, crackers or anything like yeah. that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I got turned on by pick a pepper by Jeff Cooperman, who is the chef owner of um, a place on Decatur, Cooper Coop's place. Oh yeah. Kind of a dive bar, but and and I guess that's what I've bar. heard. Yeah. But but a very yeah. popular one. Let me just say, he makes some good dishes. He makes probably the best jambalaya that I remember eating. Really? Uh, yes. He also does a rabbit sauce pecan. That's amazing. Really good. But he, his secret was pick a pepper and his jambalaya. Because you're right. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 uh, what, what I know about pick a pepper, it, it dates back to... Uh, to um, not Hawaii, the Caribbean, isn't it? It is the Caribbean. Uh, Caribbean it's uh, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, is where most right. of that comes from. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they have one of them that puzzles everybody, uh, and that is uh, one or two different. There's a steak sauce. There's a steak sauce, and then there's uh, mm. something that, that's called. Oh, I can't think of it. It's pick a pepper, but it's it's definitely oaky for sure. Alan, did you say that yeah. you've never heard of that that quote appetizer? And that's using the word very loosely, where you throw the slab of the cream cheese and cover it with pick a pepper. No, and and my gosh, I, I I've eaten so much cream cheese, you know, growing up at my house um, with bagels, obviously, and rye bread, and so forth. Uh, and that's why I wanted to call you. I can't you that believe today. it. I know. Wow. I know. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not really something to seek out, Alan. I think it's you know it's seen its day. So don't don't be thinking you need to try it. Well, I do. I mean, you could try it if you want to do some investigative, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, food. I'm, hmm? I'm, I'm totally going to try it. I, I, I will indeed. Uh, <laughs> and, and we, we we can get. Okay. Well, up. let me give you the whole thing. You get the the slab of cream cheese, you take the pick of pepper sauce, you cover it, and then you, now Sal said Triscuit, but I've only seen it with Ritz crackers. So that's part of the deal, I think. That does sound good. But I guess Uh, you could do it with your cracker of choice. Okay. Well, I agree with you. You mentioned the other day, and I think you were just talking about saltines, how good they are. Just regular, good old-fashioned, you know, I love those, yeah. They are. Uh, quickly, I just want to say before I forget, I want to get that recipe of uh, Tom's coleslaw with uh, Creole mustard. That sounds really interesting. Hmm. Well, Alan, I cannot believe that you do not have Tom's cookbook. <laughs> I Let me just say hmm. that there's a bunch of cookbooks I had that were in storage in a shed that Katrina took. Katrina took oh. a lot of precious things from me. And, oh, yeah. Alan, this is the second really disturbing thing you've said to me in a week. Oh, well, oh my gosh. What was the first? The first one was when you told me that your mom drove from Jackson to get the <laughs> Moses baby. And then you were talking about cracklins and, and pork rinds. This was the most disturbing thing you've said. And this is the second most disturbing thing, Alan. Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. 
Uh, you know, speaking of last week when I called, a, a couple of our my fellow uh, callers uh, said some nice things about me, so I do want to do a shout-out to Gregory and uh, Ron, the gourmet waiter, and also to thank Ron. He gave me a number, a chow number. Um, uh-huh. I don't think I ever had one. Where can you go? Ron is place? waiting to talk after you, so we're oh. going to... Throw it to well, him after you are finished telling us fascinating things, Alan, as you anyways, always do. I, I, I just wanted to uh, just show my appreciation. He gave me 67, and um, I'm not 67 yet, but I'm heading toward there, and I, I think that's a great number. Uh, but so, you, you know, you were talking about uh, foods, and um, in Israel, you're, you're not going to find a lot of Ashkenazi Food. I mean, there are places. When I say Ashkenazi food, that's boiled. It's mostly like you know Eastern European food, boiled potatoes. And, and don't get me wrong, it's good. It's brisket. Really? Because you know. I don't think it sounds very good at all. <laughs> well, now maybe you're, you're, <laughs> I'm you're sorry. I, I again probably am offending people, but I don't think that you could take Ashkenazi food. And make it appealing enough to go global. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think I agree. The closest to it, really, believe, and it's because it's um, a lot of it's just German food, was Kolb's. You know, they had a menu, you know, of course, they were a German restaurant, you know. But my mom loved mm-hmm. Kolb's, loved Kolb's, and would always, um, uh, whenever we were there shopping, doing whatever, we'd always stop at Kolb's. But um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, back to the different other, the other food that is popular right now, and, and, and you can call it Sephardic, uh, another name is Mizrahi. Mizrahi uh, includes Jews from Morocco, um, I'm pretty sure, or, or you could, Sephardic is a bigger name, in other words, it's a bigger umbrella. Mizrahi, uh-huh. I think, Mizrahi, I think, are more Jews from the Middle East. To be more mm. specific, but uh-huh. yeah, there are a lot of uh, Moroccan. When I was uh, in New Orleans and even up here, a lot of Moroccan Jews, and also yeah. from yeah. Yemen, huh. Yemenites. Huh. Yeah, wow, the darker. Okay, Jews. yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But you're well, right. I think the, the Moroccan Jews' food is probably better because they have the French influence. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely better. And and most restaurants, I would presume, in Israel. Um, have taken on the cooking of that area, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and not doing so much Ashkenazi food. No, not going to eat a lot of All right, Alan, if you're grateful to Ron, you have to speed it up because okay. he's waiting to talk. Uh, well, well, yeah, you know, I was going to call and just, I'll just throw this out really quick because this is week. So we were talking about lettuce and ever since we started talking about iceberg lettuce, uh, I'm on this kick. I, I'm back in love with iceberg lettuce. Oh, and, yeah? Uh, yes, I love it. And, and let me say that. Have you ever had a shrimp remoulade or a crab salad that wasn't used with iceberg lettuce? No, it makes it really great, I have to say. Yes. So iceberg lettuce is not dead. It's still alive. It has its poipus, yes. It does. I would, I, a shrimp remoulade to me has to be iceberg lettuce. But, okay, on that, I'm going to leave I the think room. a shrimp remoulade... Going back to the seafood boat with the hollowed out uh, white bread, I think if mm-hmm. you hollowed out a, an iceberg lettuce, 
and put the shrimp remoulade into the hollow bowl of the iceberg lettuce. That's a lovely presentation. Oh, sounds wonderful. Eaten with some saltine crackers. There mm. you go. Yes, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. I dazzled That's myself good. that time. <laughs> All right, Alan. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you tomorrow or soon, I hope. All right. All right. Okay. Take care. Take care. Thanks. All right, let's go to Ron, the gourmet waiter. Hey, good afternoon. How is everyone? Hey, we're good. How about you? Fine. Good. It's uh, my pleasure to follow chow number 57, Alan. He's also you just too. No, done, I thought he said uh, 67. But it was, it, it, I've got him down, whichever it is. Anyway, he's, <laughs> he's now crowned the lettuce king. Okay. Hey, uh, pick a pepper. Uh, the history of that uh, is absolutely from Jamaica, and I know the only other thing I know about that is they've been around probably a hundred years or so, and I know that they pride themselves on using ingredients from seven different countries to make the pickle pepper sauces. It's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. The only other thing I was going to talk about is uh, I need to channel Henry on this, if that's okay. Henry, you there? Hey, I'm here. Uh, Henry, if you would, finish up uh, my portion of the call and tell them about this pepper sauce that you sent me the picture of yesterday. Because, uh, <laughs> Henry, when we put our book deal together, we're, oh, I'm going to be relying on you for the text for this. Uh, are you talking about the original um, picture I sent you with the dog in it as well? Uh, tell us about peppers. We have a hard break coming up. Uh, oh, thank you, Ron. I appreciate the notice. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Doing my job for you. <laughs> or for me. Uh, uh, yeah, so it, it's a very simple uh, mixture of Fresno peppers and habanero peppers. I really like habanero for the flavor, but they're a little hot, uh, and Fresno peppers kind of brings the heat down. And then I basically just spiced them with a little bit of rosemary, black pepper, salt, and uh, a cardamom, which I think is delicious. And uh, you just blend it up and... Uh, uh, you know, add some vinegar depending on what you're making. I, I fermented it for a little while, and bam, you got some homemade hot sauce. Very delicious, it very spicy. It looked awesome from the picture. The only other thing I'm going to say before I hang up is, Alan, keep calling back, buddy. You're awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Great show. Okay. Bye-bye. See you, Ron. Okay. Uh, now, Henry, this cooking that you're doing, mm -hmm. is that's not just me. You were, you were into food before you started doing the show, right? Absolutely. It sounds like you're really into it. Yeah. No, I, I have been cooking for a while. I uh, got it from my grandparents and all that. So okay. it's been fantastic the to be on the show. The uh, yes. The Utah okay. grandparents don't cook quite as much, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but I'm sure they like it when the Opelousas grandparents cook. Oh, but, they you love know, it. Um, it, it's so that it's a perfect fit for you to be doing this show because it sounds like you are into it. So that's good. Absolutely. Yeah, great. All right. So uh, well, you're going to have to send that recipe for the hot sauce to me, okay? And we'll talk we'll about it on the air again. I'll have something to refer to. All right. Coming up after the bottom of the hour news with the Louisiana Radio Network, we have the Carmo, Mr. and Mrs. Carmo of the restaurant of the same name. And uh, we'll be back. It's time for the bottom of the hour news, Louisiana Radio Network. It is 3.30. 
Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. The Colorado State University Hurricane Forecast team is now calling for an extremely active 2020 season. The CSU researchers have raised their projected storm total from 20 to 24 because of neutral conditions in the Pacific, warm sea surface temperatures in the Atlantic, and very low wind shear. There are just a myriad of different conditions that say, yes, we are definitely going to have more hurricanes. That's CSU researcher Jordan Jones, who says they are predicting 12 hurricanes and five major hurricanes with a 48% chance that a major storm will hit the Gulf Coast. It only takes one storm to make it a really bad year. I'm Jeff Palermo. And the start of the high school football season has been pushed back by the Louisiana High School Athletic Association. Initially set for early September, that date will now tentatively be at least October 8th with an eight-game season in the works. Championship dates have not been set, but the playoffs reportedly could be extended in the next year if need be. LouisianaRadioNetwork.com News, this is Matt Doyle reporting. Are you a Louisiana small business? State Treasurer John Schroeder here. I believe small business is the backbone of Louisiana's economy. If you're struggling to stay afloat during this pandemic, the Louisiana Department of Treasury is here to help. With the Main Street Recovery Grant Program, you are not alone, and you can apply for this grant for your business today. You support our workforce, Louisiana, and we support you. The Louisiana Main Street Recovery Grant Program. Support when you need it. Apply now at louisianamainstreet.com. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Growing up in Sarepta, I could see the value of agriculture every time I left the house. Whether it was timber going to the paper mill or cattle in a pasture, I knew the farmers, ranchers, and landowners were keeping my hometown on the map. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation helps keep them in business. So join the Farm Bureau today. Become a member at lafarmbureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are never what they seem. Yes, indeed. Five five six nine six nine six. If you have a something important to say to us, but we have a guest. But first, I want to tell you about Norjo Imports. This is a new advertiser on the show. This is a wonderful specialty shop. They are located on Frisco Avenue, right off of Metairie Road, right by the railroad tracks, 505 Frisco. This is where you're going to find Henry. This is where you're going to find the Muffalata of the South Shore. Also, the Lindy is a very popular sandwich. It's a smashed meatball sandwich. If you are not looking to eat right that minute that you walk in, you will find lots of other great specialty items there, all imported from Italy and around the world. It is a charming little store with a lot of really cool stuff that you can't find anyplace else, things like bacalao or bacala. Um, it was originally started by um, uh, Norjo or jo no Norma is his wife, and Joe uh, worked for um, Murray's Cheese Company, so a lot of cool cheeses there too. Just a lot of really interesting stuff. Very well worth your trip over there. That is Norjo Imports, 505 Frisco Avenue. That phone number is 833-9240. They close at 6, and the hours vary in this weird new COVID world. But definitely pay them a visit. It is absolutely worth a visit. Someone sent me an email saying, I heard you talking about Norjo's. Reminded me I haven't been over there in a while. i got to get over there. And, and you really do. If you haven't been, go see them. And if you have, they're still open and waiting for you to come visit. 
Norjo Imports. Let's go to the phones now where we have Dana Hahn and Christina DeCarmo, I think, who are the proprietors of the um, sort of Caribbean restaurant in the warehouse district. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. Sounds we're like a it. Tropical, we're a tropical restaurant uh, down in the warehouse district. Yes. And I've seen it. It's been around for what? Probably seven years, maybe? Uh, we just had our 10-year anniversary. Oh, gosh. Wow. Time flies. Jeez. Time okay. flies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about the restaurant first. You're on the Kitchen Queens of New Orleans, which we're going to get to. But let's talk a little bit about the restaurant and your backgrounds. Sure. Sure. Um, well, uh, we started, uh, actually before Karma, we had a, uh, little, uh, catering business, uh, where we did some work with different organizations here in town, like the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. Um, and, uh, you know, this has been a, uh, a long time dream to have a brick and mortar, uh, restaurant. We had moved down from San Francisco, right before Katrina, um, and uh, there Christina was working in different, uh, uh, different restaurants, and I was doing different sorts of uh, production, uh, production jobs. So um, once we got here, we started looking for a place, finally found a place in the warehouse district, and, um, you know, we really, having lived abroad, um, Christina's from Brazil, and uh, so I lived there uh, with her for a long time. So there we were really exposed to these types of eateries that are very casual, you know, uh, largely built on, you know, kind of fresh local ingredients and just uh, bright and flavorful. And um, so that's kind of what we were looking for. And, and we found it in this space uh, or space to do that here in the warehouse district. So, Where are yeah, you from? I'm sorry. Where are you from? Where I'm from, I'm from uh, actually yes. from the mid. Yeah, I'm from the Midwest. I born in Kansas, grew up in Nebraska, went to school in Iowa. So really did my uh, Midwest <laughs> duty and got out of there. So. Oh my gosh! So did you meet Christine in Brazil? I mean, how did, where did the two of you meet up? We actually met at the University of Iowa. Um, I was studying there, and she had come to. Uh, stay with her brother to just kind of visit her brother. And um, so we met at a New Year's Eve party for Brazilians at the University of Iowa. <laughs> yeah. Life is so funny and wonderful in those strange twists and turns, isn't it? It is. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it really is. I was talking to this guy on the North Shore who had an Italian restaurant, which is going to be sold and he is moving back to Europe and reuniting his family. But he said he wound up in New Orleans. He's from Sicily. He wound up in New Orleans to visit a friend of his and stayed for 14 years opening a restaurant. And now he's closing up everything and moving back to Sicily. And it's just, it's, you, you have to have a certain amount of courage, though, to, t to follow where life takes you. And I'm always intrigued to hear stories like that and yeah, yours. That's a, that's a happy so, story for sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you really do. I mean, it, it, if you if you open yourself to where things go, it's uh, it's a great journey and a great adventure. Sure. So tell us about the restaurant itself. What sort of things yeah. are on the menu, and what are some of your best sellers? Yeah. So um, when I when I say tropical, I really do mean kind of equatorial. So we have dishes 
that that uh, come from, of course, the Caribbean, but also Central South America, Southeast Asia, West Africa. Um, so anywhere kind of in the torrid zone, so to speak, is is mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, fair game. Um, we uh-huh. tend to concentrate a little bit more on the dishes that don't typically appear on, you know, for example, when you go to uh, a restaurant that might be, um, uh, you know, like a Thai restaurant or Vietnamese or whatever, they, it seems like there sometimes there are kind of a canon of five or six dishes that appear on all the menus. Um, so we tend mm-hmm. to focus yeah. not only not only on the dishes, but also the cuisines that aren't really represented in our area to the point that, um, you know, once, once a cuisine is really, uh, you know, established here, we don't really do a whole lot of, we don't, we don't include that on our menu that much. We just feel like we want to expose folks to some new flavors and, uh, you know, new cultures vis-a-vis the food ways from those cultures. So, yeah. So, so were you into cooking? Did you all, uh, did you have any restaurant background, either of you? Or did you just say, well, you know, we're going to start cooking this stuff? Yeah, I grew up, I was working on a line when I was 10 years old in my parents' Mexican restaurant. So that was, ah, okay. that was, that was a big part of it for me. Um, okay. Christina was working, uh, where? In, yeah. In, in as her, a teacher. Yeah. As a teacher in Brazil. <laughs> But um, I never, never been to a restaurant. The restaurant business didn't wasn't part of anything like that. But I love to cook. That's all I have. <laughs> That's kind of the first rule. If you love food, you're probably going to put out some good stuff. Okay, yeah. so I knew I knew one of you had to have some restaurant experience somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, we trace That's it back to you. Good. So tell us about the show. Um. Uh, about uh, the the, the kitchen queens of New Orleans, you all are featured yeah, yeah, this yeah. week, right? That's right. Yeah, and um, <laughs> we haven't even seen a, an episode of it yet. But I don't uh, think any of you have. I mean, I've had this. You're the third or fourth one on the series that we've had, like one on every week, and nobody's seen it. <laughs> well, um, it's strange. I, I think. I think just based on, I mean, I was there for the production. Christina was, you know, up. She, she's a, a little bit hesitant to say a whole lot because her English isn't her first language, so I'll let her chime mm-hmm. in whenever she likes. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the production is, is uh, great, and they, all, they ask all kinds of great questions about, um, you know, about the food and where it came from, and then just allowed kind of what allowed her to cook and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So what did you cook? What were your dishes? I, I made the, the hey, chicory cookie, the chicory cookies with chocolate chips. Which is what? Yeah. It's a chic, chicory chocolate chip coffee cookie. Chicory? Yeah. Tom is Tom is a huge fan of chicory. So a chicory cookie, Tom. Uh, Have you that. ever thought of having a chicory cookie? Yeah, they work out fine. You've had chicory cookies? Yeah, because they have, uh, first of all, they have this red color that you don't see on any other kind of coffees. But that uh-huh. red kind of goes on the sides there. And uh, 
they it has a flavor too that's very distinctive but have you ever had it in a cookie have i ever had it in a cookie if i ever have i wasn't aware of it at the time yeah so what so it's it's <clears throat> chicory and chocolate you said yeah and coffee and coffee and coffee huh yeah so it's really Chic it's really a, a coffee chicory cookie that that you know you huh. get some of the bitter some of the bitterness from the chicory and smokiness but that really kind of blends huh. well with with the coffee and yeah that's kind of cool. All right, so do you sell these at the, uh, is, are these in the restaurant? Um, yeah, so these are at um, our other restaurant. So Christina did the, the show over, uh, we have Cafe Cool, which is uh, a courtyard cafe over in the new historic New Orleans collection building. Um, uh -huh. so, so we do a lot of uh, pastries and, you know, all of our, uh, all of our cookies and desserts and things in house, and uh, that's one. That's one of the uh, one of the uh, cookies that we have over there. That's probably the most popular. Actually, they sell out every day we have them. So, huh? A coffee and chicory the, cookie. Uh, the the two go together very well. Chocolate and cookie uh, and uh, I know chocolate and cookie always chocolate, goes well. Yeah, <laughs> chocolate. But, and uh, um, coffee. coffee, coffee, and yeah. A no, lot of no, people no, do no. like that mocha chocolate no, the, kind of thing. It's what, it, what it, we were just talking about. Yeah, chicory connection. Yeah, huh. and uh, I. Often, I'm almost curious to go try that. Go ahead. What? Oh well, uh, you can just set it and take a sip of it and say, "There's a chocolate flavor in here." It, re it without even looking for it, it kind of comes up it, at you. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, Tom is really a big chocolate fan. Go ahead. So what, Dana? No, I was gonna say that. that okay. You know, if you All right. So, so you have the chocolate and chicory coffee cookies, and yeah. then what else did you? What else did you do? Uh, That's it. Is that is that the one thing that you did for the? Yeah, that was one, and then we uh, let's see. You did the mufaletu. Um, which is the uh, the ancestor of the muffalata. Um, okay. So that will, All right. We're yeah. going to stop you because I want to I want to explore this in detail. We're going to take a break though. We have a hard okay. break here, so let's take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the. I guess you said it a different way. So what mufaletta. is it? It's a it, it's a mufa mufaletta. Mufaletta. Mufaletta, which is then gravitated here to the muffaletta. All right, so we're going to talk about the ancient version of the muffaletta, which right. is a mufaletta. All right, that's what Tom calls it anyway. All right, we'll be back with Dana okay. Hahn and Christina DeCarmo of Carmo and Cafe Core talking about their contributions to the Channel 12 series, Kitchen Queens of New Orleans. Stay with us. We'll be back. Tony Mandina's roots go back to Salaparuta, Sicily. His father left in 1924, but those connections are still powerful. The restaurant uses extra virgin olive oil and wines made at Villa Mandina in the ancestral home. Tony's restaurant started in 1982 with 14 tables and has grown to seat 180, with his daughters and granddaughter running it now. Now this West Bank favorite still serves their delicious Sicilian New Orleans menu in a place that feels like home, and pick up some of their famous red gravies sold in groceries all over town. Tony Mandina's, 1915 Pratt Street, Gretna, 362-2010.
I have loved the Maple Street Cafe from the first time I walked into the place. Jamil Kutob turns out well-executed dishes that hint of the Mediterranean, but with a real New Orleans spirit. The grilled fish here is particularly excellent, but I have never had anything I didn't love. Call 314-9003 for their daily specials, which are exceptionally good and an exceptional value. Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street, Uptown. Mimi's is the best restaurant that has ever been in St. Bernard Parish. A magic combination of terrific owner, hospitality, and talented chef combined with a charming atmosphere to offer you a great dining experience. Don't miss oysters here. They have two or three different kinds, all wonderful. A terrific burger, if you must. Great steaks, too. Thursday is steak night. Mimi's 712 Judge Perez in Chalmette, 644-4992. Mimi'sBarAndGrill.com. Autumn in New York. Why does it seem so inviting? It does seem inviting. So does Brazil, I'm sure. And um, I don't know about the Midwest. How about the Midwest, Dana? Not so much. <laughs> I had a I, feeling I got, you would got, say uh, that. Yeah, I got out of there as soon as I could. Yeah. Nothing, okay. against, nothing against it. Nothing against it. Yes. All right. So um, you did the cookies. Now tell us about the ancient. It, it, say it again. Say it again. It's a, it's a, it's a mufaledu. Mufaledu. Yeah, and right? the plural okay. would be the plural would be mufaletti. Mufaletti, okay. Yeah. All right. So tell uh, us so, what's on it and how it became the muffalata. Okay. So um, the mufaletti uh, is really a type of bread that comes from Sicily, um, and in, in its oldest form, it's uh, it contains uh, anise. Uh, or fennel, mm-hmm. um, and is usually made with um, a little bit of uh, durum or semolina. Um, so mm-hmm. it has, uh, it does have the same kind of sponginess that the muffalata bread has, uh, but it's a little bit more, in my mind, it's a little bit more rustic. Um, and of course, you have the anise flavor, um, which is very, uh, very distinctive. Um, mm. And then in terms of the ingredients themselves, um, you're use, it's a much more Mediterranean sandwich, which, you know, I mean, they are using, uh, you know, the olive salad or the yeah, olives yeah. With, with, with olive oil, with roasted peppers, uh, you know, with onions. And then, but in this case, we're, uh, it's got poached uh, yellowfin tuna. Uh, it's got uh, some pecorino cheese on there. Um, so it, it's, like I said, it's a very kind of, it's a tuna sandwich, but it's a very Mediterranean, <laughs> um, well, Sicilian, Sicilian, uh, tuna sandwich. And, um, now, how that, did a guy from the Midwest even find out about such a thing? Well, you know, when we started doing, Christina and I both, when we started, uh, you know, doing the research for Cafe Cour. The, the idea or the concept behind that is that we're serving food, we're serving dishes that influence what became New Orleans iconic dishes. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of went and we looked at each of some of the, you know, most iconic uh, dishes of New Orleans and tried to trace them back. Um, and so the, the muffalata, we were able to trace back, you know, I mean, 
potentially we could be talking about hundreds and hundreds of years, yeah. if not more. Right. Um, but uh, in terms of, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that was the inspiration. It's, um, you know, fortunately, we have such great uh, historical archives, both at the Historic yeah. New Orleans Collection um, and, at you know, at some of our other, you know, the archdiocese and so forth. You can really, you know, dig fairly deep to find, uh, yeah. you know, fine lineage. So, Okay, so spell this. Spell, can you spell the word? Yeah. M-U-F-F-U-L-E-T-T-U. Okay. All right. And do you serve that at Carmo? Um, no, we, we, we uh, didn't serve that. I mean, that was uh, only started with Cafe Core, actually. Uh, oh, I mean, at, at Cafe Core, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah so you serve uh-huh. it at Cafe Core? Yeah, we do. We do. Um, oh, it's cool. one of the okay. more popular sandwiches. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, so that's, that's one of the other dishes that she does on the Kitchen Queens. And uh-huh. then the other one that you did was the uh, Vietnamese salad, um, okay. which, you know, we felt like uh, Vietnamese chicken salad w- is representative of New Orleans and, and New Orleans foodways, and um, it's just such a good salad, you know. <laughs> uh, Vietnamese chicken salad so distinctive and, and interesting. So you, so you served, so in the show, you do those three things? Correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And which of your restaurants, it sounds like Cafe Core is a more exotic one than Cafe Carmo, which I thought was pretty exotic itself. Well, I think they're both, uh, I think they're both kind of exotic in terms of, you know, or maybe eclectic in the way that, um, but the funny thing is, we're in both restaurants. We're we're serving traditional food. We're just mm-hmm. trying to find those those plates, those heritage dishes that typically uh-huh. are 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 some of the most important culturally or historically, but t- but typically get left off of menus. And yeah. um, so even even with uh, you know a Carmo. You know, it might be a, a, a well. One of the uh, we have a couple of dishes from Sri Lanka, for example, that are amazing oh dishes. Goodness. But yeah, but but um, you know, we just don't we don't have an outlet for Sri Lankan cuisine. We happen right now to have a wonderful Sri Lankan chef. Uh, we also have a chef from the Philippines and Japan and El Salvador, of course, Brazil. So everybody contributes their own you know, their own cuisine. So that, that, um, that ma- makes it richer, I guess. Um, My goodness. And then yeah, on the, with, re- yeah. with respect to Cafe Coeur, like I said, it's really almost like a historical journey. So, for example, when the uh, Historic New Orleans Collection did their really amazing uh, sports exhibit, uh, it was uh, all the different sports of New Orleans and the teams and, trophies and it was really extraordinary so we do uh little menus to accompany that so we did a historic version of cracker jacks uh we did we did a hot dog that was much more kind of uh along the lines of what you might have found um in you know in uh 19th century 
uh, or early 20th century century New Orleans. Um, so, okay, so you, know, you have to like tell that. me about the or about these older versions of Cracker Jack and Hot Dog. Meaning, how okay. how how are they different? Okay, so with respect to hot dog, they really, you know, hot dogs really started later. You know, there's the whole story from uh, New York, Coney Island, etc. Right. Uh, but fair, yeah, uh, before right. that, of uh -huh. course, we had we had frankfurters, and frankfurters were served, uh -huh. um, you know, typically with it could have been with with uh, mustard and sauerkraut or maybe potatoes, and many times bread. So, so it would have been more uh, the way that we service. You get uh, two uh, ten-inch frankfurters um, that we were sourcing from Olympia Provisions in Washington. Extraordinary, uh, really, some of the best hot dogs you ever have. Um, but uh, we had served that with. Uh, we made a, a kind of a, a bun, uh, which was again a little bit more rustic than you know something that's what we would determine like a commercial hot dog bun today. And then it got a little bit of sauerkraut and some uh, German mustard on the side. So, but it's, it's, you're putting you, it together. Are you saying that this is sort of in the past tense? Are you still serving this? Um, that one was a Because I want to go one. have one. Well, it'll come, that, that one's going to be coming back um, frequently because it, it was very popular. So, we're, we're definitely yeah. bringing that one back. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So uh, Okay, yeah, so the other one, the, the, the Cracker Jack. So we did, yeah, we did Cracker Jacks and we did Beer Nuts. So really the version of Cracker Jacks is just, you know, it's homemade, you know, and uh, we threw, threw different types of nuts in there. Uh, you know, but, it, you know, when you do homemade Cracker Jacks, um, it's just, it's an entirely different experience. Um, and then the homemade okay. beer nuts are really good, too. So, And all this is at Cafe Core? Cafe Core, yep. Yeah, I have to go to Cafe Core, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I come on I want to try over. these things. <laughs> so this is quite a, a departure from your origins in your parents' Mexican restaurant. Are, are they still alive? Oh, my mother is. Yeah, she. In fact, is she, she uh, is she very yeah. proud of you and and how far you took this food thing? I think she is. She all she always uh, she loves food, so she loves to come here and eat a different thing every day. And it's it's a lot of my, I think, uh, it's true with Christina too. But a lot of our our love of of different types of cuisine comes from you know our parents and and their. Yeah you know, willingness to try different things. It's fascinating stuff. Okay. I'm super excited. Uh, this sounds like a, I would, I, the, the, you don't know when the episode airs, do you? It's Saturday. Cause they always air on Saturday and I always want to say one o'clock, but I don't know for yeah. sure. I did not check the schedule and, and I know I should have. So I, I kind of dropped the ball on that one. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Kitchen Queens of New Orleans is the show. It's on Channel 12, and I expect it to be a, a particularly fascinating one this week. You two are most interesting folks, and I am uh, very curious about Cafe Core. I'm going to have to go over and, and, and have something. Yeah, so how often does the it. hot dog come back? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We'll, um, since... <laughs> 
I don't want it to rely on baseball season this year, so I think we'll probably bring it back in the fall. I think it'll be a perfect October uh, sandwich for, for Oktoberfest. So okay. we'll try it then. And I'm going to contact you and find out when that is. All right. Okay. I really appreciated having you all on. Thank you so much, Christina. No, we, we appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you for having Thanks. us. Bye. Take care. Thanks. You really, too. Uh, really interesting, eclectic mix of food there. I'll mm. say. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that was really interesting. Okay, so that is the Kitchen Queens of New Orleans. We have them on every week through the series, which is. Um, uh, airing on Saturdays, and this is, I think, like our third or fourth installment on this, but um, most interesting things there. All right, this is the time of the show when we tell you where to go if you want to hear the show again or catch a part that you missed. If you missed a big segment, um, it's not you, it was us today, so um, you don't need to go back and catch that, it's, it was a portion of yesterday's show when we were off the air. But uh, you can go to nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Someone sends an email saying, hey, I wanna get on the subscription list. Super simple to do if you go to nomenu.com. There's a bar at the top, it says membership. Click on there and you will receive our newsletter which comes out twice a week full of information and vintage things and all kinds of fun. Our uh, Instagram is at the New Orleans menu. We have lots of pretty pictures there. If you want to follow us, we'd love to have you do that. Please tell your friends about the show. Please uh, patronize our sponsors. And uh, let's keep this food show going because it's a great thing to do. Uh, right after this show is another great food show. It is the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show with Tim McNally. And that's it for us. Have a wonderful evening. Night. Hey, this is William Wallace with William Wallace for America. You can hear me on Tuesday nights from 5 to 6 here in WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. To happen. Absentee voting, great. But this mail-in voting where they mail indiscriminately millions and millions of ballots to people, you're never going to know who won the election. You can't have that. The president's comments come as he welcomes Arizona Governor Doug Ducey to the White House. As schools across the country make decisions on regarding how to reopen safely, the CDC says the chance that a child will die from COVID-19 is one in a million. Kids will be going back to school in South Dakota. South Dakota Republican Governor Kristi Noem. Our kids need to be in school. It's better for them. We've got a lot of kids that haven't checked in since this virus hit. It's really our most vulnerable population that needs to be back in those classrooms. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Balance of nature, it's the greatest thing in the world. I can't imagine where I'd be without it. You know, I, I feel 20 years old again, and I want to continue to stay in shape. I understand the oversaturation in the market and the resulting cynicism that people have, but Balance of Nature works for anybody and everybody. And as much as it's a today product, it's a product 